This is Channel 253. The Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Candice Rood, and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. I'm Candice. I'm Doug. And we are the Citizen Tacoma podcast, informing an empowered electorate. I thought we were empowering an informed electorate. In In the the city city of destiny. Doug? Hi, Candace. <laughs> we are here on a rainy Sunday in the Moon Yard, and we just spoke to John Hines, who's running for City Council District 1. Again. Again. Listen in. All right. Welcome to Citizen Tacoma. We are with John Hines. How you doing? Good. Thank you for coming. Yeah, no problem. It's a long-time listener, second-time appearance on Citizen Tacoma. Oh, I was on the uh, Libraries Transforming Tacoma podcast with the library director. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, that, great. Welcome back. Um, <laughs> so you are running for District 1. Yes. Which is the North End. And the West End. And yeah. the West End. Okay, yeah. cool. So tell us about yourself. Uh, well, let's see. So I'm a lifelong Tacoma Tacoman. I was born here, you know, born and raised in Joseph Hospital. Um, grew up down in the South Tacoma area, right across uh, from the street, the freeway from the mall, kind of by Giadroni Middle School. Um, yeah, my uh, dad was truck driver. My mom was a pawnbroker. I was a retail for a long time in that area. I'm a Seward Husky, a Stuart Sabre, which if you're a Stuart grad, you'll know what that means mm. because they changed the mascot when I was there, and a Lincoln Abe. Nice. And then I went all the way across Sixth uh, Avenue to the University of Puget Sound. Um, really like, long, long yeah. traveling. <laughs> yes, worlds apart, but yeah, <laughs> many ways. Um, but yeah, in the UPS and uh, was there, and then I graduated a few years ago, um, and I became a teacher. And I was a high school history teacher for about ten years in Federal Way at Todd Beamer High School. Um, and now I work here in Tacoma for Tacoma Public Schools as an instructional facilitator, which is really hard to explain to people because everybody knows what a high school history teacher is. But right. when you say instructional facilitator, like, well, what is that? What is that? Uh, good question, <laughs> Candace. Um, it's uh, I teach teachers is the easiest way to say it. So I do professional development for the district, specifically for uh, advanced programs. So AP, IB, college and high school. Um, I support the AVID program at all the middle schools. What's that? Uh, AVID stands for, gosh, Advancement via Individual Determination. It's a program for students in the academic middle who are underrepresented or traditionally underrepresented in college. So students of color, students of poverty, first in their family, first gen students. Um, And it provides them direct support, so give them the skills um, that they need so that when they go to college, they can be successful. Okay. Uh, And I do that across the district in most middle schools. And then I support the district equity team as the other piece of my gig. Cool. Oh, um, I am married. My wife and I are both UPS grads. She's a physical therapist out in uh, Lakewood. We have two small kids, a six-year-old and a two-year-old. Um, yeah. Right I think that's it. Cool. Uh, so lifelong Tacoma, as you said. You yeah. definitely have the Tacoma cred. Like everyone's always like, where'd you go to high school? If you're from Tacoma, where'd you go to high school? Yes. Yeah, you got that one down. Yes. Okay. And I'm, I I have the divide between the Lincoln Stadium or the Lincoln Mount Tahoma Stadium, Wilson Group. But I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, so you ran for position one four years ago, right? Yes, I did. Against Councilman Andrew Zipson. Yes. Um, so what made you decide to run for a second time? You know, um, 
this is something I've thought about doing for a long time. Um, I've been raised, I've been pretty active in community service since I was in high school, you know, safe streets and dare all the way through. So that idea of service and serving the community is something I, I really thought about. And, uh, I volunteered for Julie Anderson way back in when I was in college, when she was a council member and, uh, I went out to public meetings and things like that. So, uh, I thought that being on the city council was something that I could really, you know, serve the community in a real important way. And so Mm -hmm. that was always with me. Um, and since that last election, I started working for the school district here in Tacoma, and I'm in every high school and middle school. And I just, you know, I see the needs of what our students and families are facing throughout the community. And um, I just felt that uh, someone who has that perspective, who's inside the schools, I'm on the library board, so inside the libraries and these community institutions, um, I bring a valuable perspective. So I, I wanted to run again. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, what are some what are some of those things that, um, you know, students need that you see? <sighs> Man. Um, you know... The biggest thing, you know, as a teacher now at the district, just stability, right? We don't, we, the, the challenges I see are a lot of families just are not stable, right? Mm-hmm. So whether it's housing, whether it's jobs and income, whether it's, um, I mean, certain parts, you know, whether your parents are documented or not, all sorts of pieces that are there that are providing, you know, they're making, I mean, gang violence is something we're seeing right now on the East side, uh, that's causing instability. And, you know, as a city, looking at ways that we can help those families and provide some more stability, you know, look at ways that we can, you know, make sure there's more enough housing, enough places for people to live, make sure they're, we're attracting jobs here so parents have income and that kids stay here. There's lots of pieces that I think we could do to really kind of bring some stability to the community and really help kids thrive. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so... So when you ran the first time, mm-hmm. um, one of the big issues in your district back then, because it was all new, yes. was the brand new Proctor Station oh, yeah. building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know they're building another one, Candace. Yeah. So are, there's going to be three apartment buildings yes. now. Yes. Right. So so back then, you had initially kind of supported it, and then you said you listened to constituents, mm-hmm. and they were against it, yeah. and you felt it wasn't right to have six-story buildings in that yeah. neighborhood. What's your position on that now that you know four years have come yeah. and gone and the lots more people are living there and more yeah. buildings growing up. No, I think it's a great question. Um, you know, when I ran four years ago, I talked about affordability as being a real issue. And I got told by lots of people that affordability is a Seattle issue, John. It's really not a Tacoma issue. And I think four years has only shown that it actually really is a Tacoma issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's becoming harder and harder for, to afford to live here. Um, and I think the, the ground has shifted in such a way that, you know, I say we need we need more housing. I mean, talk to most people. We need more places for people to live. And at the time when the first growth was coming in, I I don't think the residents really had an idea of what it was going to look like when it when people actually moved in. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I think now they get a better idea. Um, and I when I talk to people, I've been talking to a lot of people at the doors. They they'll say they'll always qualify. I know Tacoma's growing. I know we need to grow. But here are some things that we would like to see. So they you know parking, traffic. Um, services being overloaded, things like that, mm. uh, pop up over and over again. Um, and so I think people are okay with the growth and what's happening. It's just there's some steps where the city kind of has to step in and mitigate some of the challenges that come with it, which, mm. you know, most of the council members I had people running would talk about. So, yeah, it's uh, – I think four, four years later, it just – we're going to need to see growth happen, but there's other places in the city. I talk a lot about that, like Proctor's where it's happening and it's happening. You know, we've got three buildings going in, but the district one has James center, which the Tacoma housing authority is going to build some housing there, but there's other space there that could be more housing. We have Westgate, which has no kind of housing and it's a mixed use center. Um, I would, if we talk enough, I'll talk about down on six Ave, like past Mildred mm-hmm. where the, um, 
that that area really needs a little support and some help, and there could be some more density down there too. So I think having a, a broader plan of we're going to grow, it's going to happen in Proctor, but we also want to help get growth happening in other places, get other communities up and going a little bit. Right. That makes sense. So your view on that has kind of changed over the last four years as everything Tacoma has changed. Yeah. I mean, when we talked four years ago, if you ask people, they say, well, the Growth Management Act says we need to take this. Like, mm-hmm. we have to go put density here, so that's what it is. Um, but now it's it's about housing and housing affordability, mm-hmm. and we need housing places for people to live. I think that's the biggest issue, one of the biggest issues that's facing the city right now. Mm-hmm. We, we've been discovered right. by a lot of people. I jokingly say, I've been here forever. Um, I remember in 1991 where Tacoma was voted the most boring city <laughs> in the state by Evening Magazine. And uh, wow. we're not that anymore. <laughs> and people, It's a great city. So people are coming here. So two follow-up questions on that. Um, I'm pouring some water really quick, just full transparency. Yeah. Um, so two follow-up questions. So you said that uh, people back in 2015 told you that affordability was not – an issue. I got to know who those people were because we should call those people out. I, you know, I just, you know, people knocking people at the doors. I mean, and when I was out knocking on doors, I'd be, people were like, you know, it's not, it, we're not quite as expensive as Seattle. It's not an issue. Rents hadn't really spiked yet. I mean, mm-hmm. looking back, I'm like, yeah, you know, it's, that's a real challenge. And Michael Mira, when I talked to him in 2015, said, yeah, John, housing, like buying a house, a homeowner. And I think that's where people get confused. Home prices weren't quite as right. bad. Mm-hmm. But Michael told me in 2015, he said, you know, rental prices, that's it. it rent's getting really hard for people to pay here mm-hmm. four years ago. And so I think part of it is now the average homeowner in District 1 seeing like, wow, property values are getting really expensive too. So it's it's becoming more visible in lots of ways. And people are telling me things like, you know, I want to retire here, but I don't know if I could, you know, or I, I want to stay here, but I can't afford property taxes going up. Or I'd like my kids to be able to move into the community too, but mm. there's no place they can afford to live here anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's becoming Especially more real. Yeah. yeah. It's becoming more real in District 1. So mm. I think that's the that's the big shift we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, another follow-up question. So you mentioned that when you're talking to people now about Proctor and now that uh, the two six-story buildings are built and people yeah. are kind of getting used to mm-hmm. there's the issues of traffic and parking and overloading of services. What services specifically? I mean, I think people talk about the school that's there, right? Like Washington Hoyt's a popular school and it's getting pretty full. Mm. Um, I think people will look at just um, – response times, police fire, things like that, you know, th- uh, there's just a lot more people in that neighborhood. Um, mm. But I think the school is one where I've heard a lot. Like, we have a lot of kids at the school, and Mason, too. And um, what are we thinking about that? How do we balance that out? Right. Response times up there, I think, were probably better than a lot of other parts of the city. Yes, I would. And now that the, <laughs> Especially with that station right there. Now it's 24 hours. It's fully staffed. So I think that's, we've dealt with, we've fixed some of those issues there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. And, you know, I guess to go back to that, I would say... Um, one thing I think I'm good at is trying to break apart when people are talking and like arguments, like what's going on and, you know, people, growth is kind of this big umbrella, but if you really talk to people through like, okay, well, what's the real, like, what's it? It's like, well, I can't find a place to park or, um, you know, traffic's so bad I can't turn off a North 30th anymore, or Mm. I have to worry about speeding cars down my street. And I think one of the things we have to do as a city is People are acknowledge it's going to grow, and we're saying it's going to grow. But to also kind of listen to those concerns and say, okay, well, if your concerns about parking, here are some things we can do to kind of mitigate that. If your mm-hmm. concerns are about speeding cars, here are some things we can do about it. Um, if your concerns about growth and more people moving in the neighborhood, you know, that's p- part of our master plan for the mm-hmm. city. We can't 
do something about that, but here are some other places we can do. You know, how do we have more green space? How do we have more crosswalks? Things like that. Mm-hmm. So that's something I'm hoping to engage in on the city council. Mm-hmm. The parking issue, we, we just had uh, Christina in here before you. Uh, so that was obviously when we talked a lot about uh, Christina Walker. She's mm-hmm. the executive director of yeah. downtown and and she's just for listeners, she's, you know, running for mm-hmm. District 8 um, or Position 8. Um, and so is it people complaining about parking on their street or just parking in Proctor in general? I think it's parking in Proctor in general. I mean, mm-hmm. Park, Proctor is a, is a destination. People yeah. come from all over the city, all over the community to go there. I was talking to a guy who lives in Federal Way, and he says, I only buy my fish at Metropolitan Market. Mm. Right? So people are coming from all but over. that has a parking lot. It does. <laughs> um, but, you know, the parking lot fills, and then it spills out a little bit. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's an active district. I mm. mean, things are happening. There's feet on the street. It's kind of what we want to see. Um, and uh, when people talk about parking, I think it, they remember when they used to be able to pull up right in front of the place that they wanted to go to mm. at any time of day and walk right in. And, you know, um, I don't think that's kind of there anymore. Yeah. And it's Proctor, I would tell somebody, has become a a walkable mixed use center. It you got you gotta be able to walk in and walk out in lots mm-hmm. of ways. Um it's tough to drive in and drive out. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's kind of what we want to see. I mean, that's our goal in lots of ways. Um Change is hard. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Especially I, when it comes to people's cars. <laughs> yes. And I talked to and Keith Walker, you know, when he was on here, I listened to his podcast and he said two, the two things people hate is when things stay the same and when things change, right? Mm-hmm. And and things are changing. But I, you know, I think we, being sympathetic to people about that, I mean, I'm talking to people who've lived here for, there for 40 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is changing pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, just be honest, say, yeah. So what are the things that are your real concerns and how can we address those? What, what are the, the smaller fixes we can make? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess better transit overall in Tacoma would probably help that. Yeah. And they're well, I mean, Proctor's got two bus lines. I mean, people mm-hmm. I, I think there are, th- it would be nice to think about what the, and I guess what I would tell, say is, um, it, it, we, 2015, Proctor Station went up and then Mass 25 went up, and now here's this, a third building, Proctor 3, that's going up. And I, I think there needs to be a nice conversation about what's the grand vision for this, because it feels like every time a new building comes up, it's we're surprised. I mean, it's just, oh, man, this new building has changed everything. So what's the full build-out look like? Mm. You know, what's our— Of Proctor. Of Proctor. What's mm. the big vision for it? You know, is it six stories, corner to corner? back and forth. And then if that is it, you know, what's transit going to look like? What's green space going to look like? What's pedestrian safety? Things like that. Mm -hmm. Kind of working that out instead of kind of seeing it happen at a time and then just say, oh, I don't know what we're going to do about that. Or I'm really mad because that's going to change this. And what's the full build out look like? That's a good point. So um, one question we ask all all people come on the show for Mm -hmm. uh, the candidate election interviews uh, are what are the three biggest issues in Tacoma and the three biggest issues facing your district? Um, so I think in Tacoma, the three biggest issues are probably, I'd say, kind of safety and housing kind of be one and two kind of right happening right at the same time, kind of the high level. And then so you could say like one and one A kind of safety and housing homelessness kind of and housing homelessness being kind of put lumped together, even though I know they're very different. Um and then kind of long-term uh, education jobs are the other two pieces of it. Mm. So those are the big three is, you know, kind of making sure we have a, a safe community, which, you know, I think has become more resonant as we're seeing kind of what's happened on the east side with some of the spikes in gang violence. Mm-hmm. Um, but their safety is a perceived, you know, safety is an issue kind of across the 
city that we you know we can look at, and people in District One care about that too. Um, housing and addressing housing short, you know the the lack of housing we have and how we can get more people housed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then education and jobs. I, uh, I don't, did you write the work source, uh, article, the one, the report that Matt Driscoll wrote about? Was yeah. It? Yeah. I mean, I think that's, <laughs> you did your homework. I did. Uh, I wrote a, I wrote a blog post about that too, because I think that's, I mean, that's the report on automation. Yeah. Automation. I mean, that's a love huge, the opportunity to plug that. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it was very good. I mean, but that's something we have to think about from the city of Tacoma side. Mm-hmm. If we are rife for automation, you know, taking away a lot of the jobs we already have in our community. What's our plan for that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not just a situational fix, like we're just going to do this. Mm-hmm. It's we gotta, it's generational. It's like, how are we investing in the kids in schools right now? How are we helping them find the opportunities so they'll have the skills when they're ready? And how are we kind of helping them figure out what jobs are going to be available in the future? Right. So it's a long-term challenge. Yeah. Just for some context on that, for those who might not have read Driscoll's amazing column, uh, four out of the six top occupations in Pierce County are considered highly automatable, meaning that they are more than 70% likely to be automated in the future, mm-hmm. which the, the future is not defined in any term number of years. But oh. So I want to go back to what you said about safety. Yeah. I think safety is perceived, yes. and I think because <laughs> yes, you can tell someone they live in the safest city in the world, but if their house has been broken into, they don't feel safe. Yeah. Um, so what do you mean by safety? Because the issues on the east side, frankly, are not affecting the north end. No. no. So yeah, tell me a little bit more about yeah, that. Yeah, no, and uh, Tacoma 2025 talks about, you know, the goals is, is helping with perceptions of safety, which, you know, we got, it's a there's a difference between, you know, oh, the statistics show that in the last five years, you've been less likely to get broken into. Well, but if you've been broken into, that doesn't make you feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for safety, uh, and so you want to talk about District 1 or just bigger picture? I mean... Both. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, for safety, kind of in District 1, you know, it's not just, I mean, when we say public safety, people think police and fire, but Mm -hmm. I think we need to broaden that a little bit. So pedestrian safety, street lights, you know, sidewalks, crosswalks, bike lanes. I mean, those are all pieces of the safety concern. Mm-hmm. And so when I talk about safety being an issue in some places and having grown up on the South End and kind of went to school on the East Side, um, I got to be able to do both on the council. So mm-hmm. it's about looking at our police and support and like reallocating some of the resources maybe. So uh, if gang crime is an issue on the East Side, make sure we're fully staffing that unit. And I think the article in the paper today said that they may have moved some people away from that. Mm-hmm. So looking at how we distribute those um, officers to best kind of meet the needs of safety throughout the city. Um, and then for, you know, District 1, it's just looking at kind of maybe the built environments for safety. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, police is part of that, um, you know, the substation on over off North 26 by Candle Park's only staff from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., um, as all the substations are. Mm-hmm. So um, looking for ways to have more staffing kind of in those areas kind of throughout the year, I mean, throughout the day, I mean, 24 hours would be a good thing as a piece of it. Um, but also just looking at kind of the built environment and how we can help make it safer in general. Mm-hmm. So do you, are you talking about, you on your website also you mentioned uh, investing more in police and fire and public mm-hmm. safety. Do yeah. you mean adding bodies or? Yeah, I think it's, uh, we would probably, we will need to add some bodies. And I think also looking at, we have a, you know, uh, turnover rate for Tacoma mm-hmm. Police Department and we have officers that are retiring so trying to work with the police department about how do we attract more people to take the positions the open positions we have um, and how do we keep people in Tacoma doing those jobs mm-hmm. it's a really tough job um, and so and looking at how we allocate those resources you know where are those officers that are going mm-hmm. um, you know if you look at our numbers of 
frontline officers to kind of total employees at police station, police department, and you look at Seattle's, which I mean, we don't like to make those comparisons, but Seattle has a lot more kind of back office people, people that support the police department. That we almost all of our officers, people for the police department, are frontline. I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're patrol, they're officers, they're they're working, they're out on patrol, they're detectives, they're frontline officers. So, um, is that a good mix, or is that, in your opinion, not a good mix? I mean, I think. I don't know. I would have to probably talk to the, the police department about what where they see their needs are. I mm-hmm. think um, it's as a someone who's an educator and think about you know it's it's a good to have a balance of people who are supporting you from behind the scenes to mm-hmm. support the people that are out front. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd like to see kind of what we do for that and whether it means hiring more commissioned officers to kind of help with perceptions help with safety across the city. Whether it's are there people that we could hire into the department that may not be frontline that could help support those officers? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I think, I mean, an interesting conversation that's kind of coming up all around the country, especially with uh, police and use of force discussions, Mm -hmm. is that if you're going to do something like get body cams, which I know the Tacoma Police Department has Mm -hmm. talked about, you need a lot of back-end staff who are reviewing and all that, and they're supporting the technology for that. Um, So is that something... You you're thinking about in all this, or I mean, I, have, I guess I haven't gone that far down the road. I think mm-hmm. it's just looking at the number of officers we have and what's the best mix for front front line and and how are they being allocated the the best way possible mm-hmm. so that they're they're addressing the concerns that people have. So how how will because we hear this a lot. Um, I feel like every cycle there's usually someone who wants to hire more police and yeah. fire, which is fair because yeah. we the both departments took huge hits in the yeah. recession. Um, but how will hiring more police officers or, you know, first responders in general fix the problems that Tacoma has, the underlying problems of substance abuse and like mental oh. health that you've talked about on your website and that yeah. sort of thing? You know, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I don't know if they'll, I think we need to be able to do both at the same time. I think there is, uh, I think at one level, if our first responders are kind of stretched too thin, then the ability for us to deliver quality services to the community will be will be will be diminished, mm-hmm. right? So I think while we say I say I'd like to see more officers and you know first responders out there, I think I want to see you know are we at the po- are we at a point where we're seeing you know that we're we're asking too much from them and that we're kind of stretched them too thin, and we want to put more people on the street to kind of help take some of that pressure off, get more people, more feet on the streets, more engagement. But I think we can't separate. We also need to be doing the same thing, investing in substance abuse, education, opportunities, mm-hmm. um, what, all sorts at the same time. And it comes back to that stability word you said mm-hmm. earlier. I mean, having more police officers isn't necessarily going to create more stability no. in Tacoma, is it? Or do you, is, is it your opinion it will and how? You know, it, I think if – it's a good question. You know, I think if we're – if we have, if the challenges we're seeing is just a need for more people, just kind of safety in general. If people have these perceptions, I mean, the number one thing is if people perceive they're unsafe, that's the biggest thing. So, mm-hmm. looking at hiring more officers to kind of and looking how we distribute them out there, um, so they're working in the community and kind of getting to know people. Like uh, an example, just I guess would be a good one is. Um, the library, the main library. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of people experiencing homelessness that are in the main library. Um, some cities like Houston have a police officer who's assigned specifically to the libraries. Mm-hmm. And their job is to get to know the people who are there, to build relationships with them so that when something happens, 
if something happens, if the police are called, that there's a person who kind of knows them mm-hmm. and can kind of help work with that. So I think there are ways we can bring stability if we have officers that are in the community working with people, building those relationships um, that can bring some real stability to that relationship and, and you know, make it uh, real kind of community involvement and community engagement. And, and they could be a real, you know, I'm ambassador for the city and, and really being in these communities and working with mm-hmm. them. But I, I think at the same time, you know, looking at ways we can provide the other ports of stability too. Okay, cool. All right, we're going to take a real quick break. We'll be back. Hi, this is Eric Hanberg, host of the Channel 253 sister podcast, We Art Tacoma. Here's a confession. I haven't been in a really bad earthquake. The worst I can remember happened when I was playing the board game Risk with my friends and it just messed up the armies on the board. So, very tame stuff. But since I don't know what it's truly like, it makes me want to be even more prepared for when the big one hits, or even just the medium one. That's why I'll be participating in the Great Washington Shakeout on October 17th at 10.17 a.m. Everyone in the state is encouraged to take a minute to drop, cover, and hold on, just like you would in a real earthquake. Everyone, especially those like me who haven't been in a bad earthquake, needs to build muscle memory. It's good practice to make sure you don't run out the door and get hit by falling debris in the next big earthquake. So do it for real with the Great Washington Shakeout. Get down on the floor and hold on. Then do one more thing. Work on that emergency kit, secure those bookshelves, move those giant frames from over your bed so they don't crush you. Again, ShakeOut is scheduled for 10.17 a.m. on October 17th. Got that? 10.17 on 10.17. Easy to remember. You can learn more at shakeout.org Washington. Use hashtag ShakeOut on social media to post ShakeOut selfies after. Thanks to the Great Washington ShakeOut for sponsoring this episode of Channel 253. All right. Welcome back. Uh, If you're enjoying this conversation and all of our conversations with our candidates who are brave enough to step into the moon yard and be uh, interviewed, please become a member of Channel 253. It's only $4 a month or $40 a year. And $4 a month is uh, less than I spent on this reusable Starbucks cup at my side. So it's a bargain. And uh, John's going to become a member. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so go to channel253.com slash membership to become a member. Thank you. All right. So, John, uh, we were talking about kind of police safety, mm-hmm. yeah. overall perceived safety um, in the city of Tacoma. I just wanted to ask really quick, is do you, is safety something you hear about in the North End specifically? or? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it is. I mean, I, you know, I, it's probably, you know kind of low-level property crime or property crime, something I hear about at the doors a lot. <laughs> I didn't lock my car and something disappeared from it. Yeah, you know, or my, you know, my, I can't keep, you know, I can't have any packages delivered to my porch anymore mm-hmm. because they get stolen mm-hmm. all the time. Or, you know, my car has been broken into, or, you know, just things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's not the violent crime that, or like the, that we are, that happen and you know, it happens throughout the city, but you may not see quite as much in the North End. But kind of the, the lower level kind of property crime that you see, that's a big concern. I mean, that's if you ask me, like, who are you talking to, John? And what do they say? I hear that probably the most. Right. So. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so I wanted to talk about uh, your website. Just some of the the stuff on your website uh, talks about getting back to basics mm-hmm. and quote not jostling to make headlines mm-hmm. end quote. Um, 
So it feels like that was kind of vague booking without, you know, mentioning anything specifically. So I wanted to ask you to give examples of both the basics that you feel the city is falling short on mm-hmm. and um, what, what what headlines are we jostling to make? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I think the when I'm out knocking on doors and talking to people, you know, they want the things that pop up are kind of safety, like safety. My road's got potholes in it. And the city's working on that, but they, there's still enough that people are saying something about it. Um, you know, they're talking about the services that they're getting. They're, they're talking about speeding, um, cars, speed bumps. I mean, all kind of basic kind of government. Like stuff. they want speed bumps? Yeah. Interesting. Things that, you know, that they see that the, that that's what the city government should be doing. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, uh, so that's what I'm hearing a lot about. So, I, you know, I talk about you know, kind of they're uh, looking at what is within the city's control and doing everything we can to kind of maximize and be as effective as possible with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really kind of when I talk about kind of back to the basics. And, you know, the framing of that is is Tacoma 2025. So the strategic plan the city put together 15 er, in 2015 is kind of really framing that. So when I talk about safety, education, economic development. I mean, that's straight out of the Tacoma 2025 plan. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we hear too much about that. I mean, I have heard people reference it in a little while. So I, really focusing on what that plan said and really trying to hone in on that. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's, I mean, you mentioned, you know, we have the streets initiative going on and mm-hmm. it's going to take some time. But as you mentioned, pe- folks still, if, if their road hasn't been fixed or their pothole hasn't been fixed, it's like the safety thing. They're irritated because mm-hmm. yeah. they don't want to drive around it yeah. um, or deal with it. So do you think there are things like that that the city's not doing enough of? Or is it just, I, yeah, what kind of what was your, like specifically? Uh, that Just like like other stuff like brings to mind like garbage pickup. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, recycling the kerfuffle we had with recycling a little bit earlier this year with the rates going up. Mm-hmm. I mean, things like that, you know, when I'm talking to people in District 1, I mean, that's what I hear the most about. Mm-hmm. You know, I want, um, if I fall down, I want to make sure the fire department gets here quickly. If my house is broken into, I want to make sure somebody's here quickly. Like those kind of basic things where we really look at what is in our control mm-hmm. and how do we do them as best as possible. Um, it's also looking at just kind of investments in infrastructure, building, built environment, things like that, that we can really, as a city, we can do. So like an example would be for jobs, bringing jobs to the community. So the city, there's not, there's very limits to kind of what the city can do to kind of generate economic development. I mean, one of the things we can do is, you know, um, make investments with utilities, streets and roads, kind of streetscaping to kind of beautify areas or make them more attractive that could help maybe bring businesses in there. Like, so Lincoln District's an example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really- We're getting fun. a La bar. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's yeah. it's happening over there. Yeah. And, and as someone who went to high school there and remembers kind of what it was like I don't want to date myself. Twenty years ago, um, it it's great to see. I'm really excited about what Lincoln's doing. I think there's other parts of the city where we could do that, especially down, um, like I say, Six and Mildred area. Mm-hmm. So, kind of really focusing in on um, those areas and really kind of doing the best we can to really invest and make them better. But that's, I guess, an example of where I would say, kind of high level. Well, we want more jobs here, and here's what we're doing. But what's the basic, what's the thing the city can do to really generate that and make that happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you talk about um, economic development and bringing more jobs to the city, I think it's really important to talk about what kind of jobs those yeah. are. So t- tell me your kind of your philosophy on that. Uh, you know, I think for 
economic development, it's kind of three pieces. So it's looking at kind of who are the current businesses that are already here in Tacoma and helping them grow and be successful. So kind of going to them and saying, so you're a small company here in Tacoma. What's it going to take to get you to hire some more people and be a, a bigger company, a midsize? If you're a midsize, what's the thing that you need? Um, and looking for ways that we can help support that and facilitate that. Um, I think it's also looking at entrepreneurs, people who want to start businesses and say, what are the barriers you see? Uh, what are the places where you want to get started, but why you can't, or if you're starting and start failing, are there ways we could step in and help you keep going? Um, I think those are kind of the two big pieces of that. And then, you know, looking and then working with our, you know, our educational institutes, I'll use that term loosely from you know, K-12, but then higher ed, you know, so our college universities, our trade schools, our, our unions and our trades and apprenticeship programs, um, and thinking about how are we upskilling our community? Mm-hmm. Um, how are we providing more skills so, so those jobs will land here. I was talking to uh, Robert Toms and he said this thing, which I think is pretty, I mean, I thought was pretty profound, which is, you know, in, you know, 20 years ago, uh, people followed jobs and now jobs follow people, Mm -hmm. right? So jobs are coming where there's skilled workers and there's people that are there. And so, um, you know, when you look at uh, Seattle versus Tacoma, and I don't like to make the comparison, but uh, two thirds of adults in Seattle have post-secondary degrees in mm-hmm. Tacoma, Pierce County. It's like one third. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just that pure number right there shows that we need to invest more in education and kind of build a really skilled workforce. So if, if jobs do come here or if jobs are growing, there, there are people here who can take them. Right. I think right now our problem is one of the frustrating things about being Pierce County is that you know, everyone's like computer-related occupations, yeah. STEM, uh, programmers, coders. We need it all. We need it fast. And so, all of our post-secondary uh, uh, institutions have done a really good job yeah. of churning out tons of degrees. Yeah. And then those people are all getting sucked up by Seattle. So we're basically right now a farm, a yeah. tech farm for Seattle. Yeah. So yeah, until those jobs come down here, it's kind of just like, all right, see you, bye. Thanks for coming to school here. Yeah. And I mean, I think that built, it comes back to that capacity, you know, so those people now are moving north. Are we setting them up so entrepreneurs have an opportunity? Like, mm-hmm. you know what? I don't want to work for this company in Seattle. I'm going to start my own in Tacoma or hey, I found that there's this job at this local company that is in Tacoma. It's expanding, and I'm going to stay here. Mm-hmm. So it, we're seeing this outflow right now, but I'm hoping that it will start flowing back in. Yeah. Um, so another thing I want to touch on is you said we're, quote, jostling to make headlines. So what headlines are we chasing, and why is that detrimental? That's a good question. Um, you know, I think just simply um, – yeah, like I guess I'm trying to give it a good example. I guess I would just come back to that doing the basics isn't like a really cool thing to do. Like just kind of doing the basic services is not like it's not going to get headline people. To, you know, it's not cool. Um, but that's kind of really what I want to do. Um, and I think the you know the idea of like, the jobs points one. I mean, you know, housing's a big one. Like we make these really clear stands. Like we want more housing or more, you know, here in this community. And this is, and it's like, well, what are the, what are the basic pieces that we need to do to get that to happen? Like what's at the lowest level, what's happening here to get that to to go? Money. Money is a big piece (laughs) of it. Yeah. You know, I'm on the YWCA board and, you know, we're building a 54 unit Mm -hmm. affordable housing complex uh, for survivors of domestic violence, you know, 80, 30% of AMI, which I, you have a pretty educated audience. I, I imagine they know, might know AMI, but people who have very low incomes. Very low income, yeah. Um, and it requires a lot of, a lot of dollars, mm-hmm. you know, from the federal government, from the, the uh, 
state government. I mean, if I look at how that penciled out, you know, we got about $12 million in federal tax credits, wow. you know, two or $3 million from the state housing trust fund, some local dollars. So there's lots of pieces in there that I think uh, go that to make that happen. Mm-hmm. But I mean, exa- let's give an example. We want more housing here, kind of, we want to make a headline of building all these affordable units. Okay. So we're building this project for the YWCA and, you know, we're paying thousands and thousands of dollars for utility and sewer hookup rates. So maybe the TPU should give you guys a break on that. Or, yeah, or the city's coma could take a step back. I mean, if... And this take is, a step back. I mean, so? just like maybe cut us a break on some of the sewer right. hookup fees. Like sure. that's environmental services. That seems uh, very fair. You know, I, I think that's a point of... And I would say basically that uh, we say we want more housing. This is kind of where we're landing. We're really excited about it. And we needed this influx of dollars. But here's a place where we could maybe step back, like completely within our control mm-hmm. to say, TPU... And the environmental services, we're not going to make you pay for these hookup fees. It'll help make this thing pencil out and go. And mm-hmm. I think if we're truly in a housing crisis, like where we need housing, I mean, these are things that we could do as a city that could make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Anders and uh, Jason Gothier, who works for yeah. Tacoma Pierce County yeah. Habitat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were on a couple of months ago just talking about um, – and uh, Jason brought up that just if the city would just cut permitting fees, we have yeah. permitting fees yeah. for some of these – projects they would yeah. pencil better. So yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. So what's the total price tag for that project? <sighs> Candace, I, you're going to push me out. I think it's 22 <laughs> or $23 million. For 54 units. 54 units. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're also raising money, private donors, to kind of create an endowment. So it has ongoing supports, ongoing dollars to keep it running and mm-hmm. operating. Um, yeah, but it's, 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 it's a great expensive. project, but it's expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, right. you know, we're battling building costs with Seattle. I mean, it costs the same to build that unit here in Tacoma as it does in Seattle. Um, and so how do we, what can we do in Tacoma to make it more competitive, more ability, able to build that stuff? So if you were on the city council, would you push for things like waiving of fees? Yeah, I would. Out? I also like the idea of looking at building materials and looking at sales tax. Could we waive sales tax at least on part of the building? So if you're going to buy building materials to build affordable housing or housing, I mean, specifically for affordable housing, could we take the sales tax? Could we waive some of that? Mm-hmm. And that helps the percentage to bring some of that cost down too. I think that's something tangible I'd really like to do on the council mm-hmm. is look at what ways we can do that. Do you know if the council has looked at that? I'm not aware of I don't have. know. I mean, I don't think it's part of the affordable housing action plan. Right. Correct. You know, and I've read through that one and I looked at the one from 2010, which was has a different name, but mm-hmm. I don't think that was part of it. But that's something in talking to people who build homes and and just, you know, even talking to Michael Mira, talking to the YWCA, it's like those are – that's a place completely within our control mm-hmm. where we say we want housing and that's kind of the headline we're going after. But, hey, here's where we can really step in and like right, right in the basics. So that's not just – that's not just necessarily like a, a headline. It's a good – It's a it has yeah. merit and it's a yeah. good headline. Yeah. But, right, I yeah. guess you're – you, in in your view, it sounds like you want to support it with not just the city throwing money at it, but let's cut some of the fees and permits associated yeah. with building. What are some things the city can do? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. we, we got to do looking at both, both the input and the what we're asking from it. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. Um, so what would you di- do differently than Anders, who's the current council member from District 1? Hmm. Question. Um, you know, I think one thing he does that I would probably continue to do is just be responsive to the neighbors and being really good about kind of communicating clearly with them, responding to their needs. I think that's something he's done really well and I would continue to do and something I've done through the campaign. Um, you know, I think looking at 
ways kind of work closely kind of with the business community to get more things co-happening from that end, you know, looking at what we can do to kind of help jobs grow and get businesses going here in the city of Tacoma be something I'd like to do. Um, Anything specifically? You know, if you're talking about a policy thing, I'd like to see the city and I know they're working on it, an economic development strategic plan Mm. that we currently don't really have. Um, and so I'd really like to partner with the business community, the people, some of the job providers, and think about what is it that we can do to, to go back to entrepreneurs, getting mm-hmm. small mid-side businesses to grow and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a piece of it that I would really like to see what we can do is how can we partner with them. Right. Okay. Um, and anything else that you think you would – I mean, that, does that differ from what Anders has, has done? Mm-hmm. I, I think a little bit, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, you know, I, I think what else I'd say. Well, he's one of he's one of the more progressive voices on the council right now. Yeah. Where would you fall in relation to him? Are you, are you going to be to the right of him, or I think people are going to want to know because he's a very strong progressive voice right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm pretty progressive on a lot of issues. I I think I on some I may be a little bit more towards the middle than he is. Um, like what? Uh, I mean, just. My willingness to work with the business community and things like that, private sector, uh, you know, I I don't know how much he, I mean, he sees the private sector as a partner or maybe as a some someone we should work not work with as well. I mean, so I think it'd be a little bit more on the to the middle on that mm-hmm. would be something where I'd say I'd land. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, it seems in Tacoma we always have kind of like the the business candidates <laughs> or like like economic development chamber candidates sometimes yeah. and like the not chamber candidates. Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, I, I guess you know, but like what I would say is you're like. I'm, but John, I'm also like a teacher, and I'm a, like mm-hmm. I've been a union member, and I've got all these other pieces that. So I think it's we, you know, that's a. I guess Candace, that'd be a piece of something I'm like where I talk about jostling for headlines. It drives me absolutely insane sometimes. Is it's like, you know, I'm talking to people about like you want your road fixed. They don't care if I'm like flying off the left wing of like if I'm far off like one side or if I'm like the most conservative person out there they just want their road fixed Mm. and so I think that's something I continually try to tell people is like look I'm here to serve you and make sure that your issues are being met Um, you know I have some guiding principles about opportunity and equity that I think will be at the heart of my work and make and the fact that I've lived all over the city that I want to make sure the whole city grows and everyone in here has a chance at opportunity Mm. Um, but some of the political positioning, it's like, that's, yeah, you know, that's not my, my thing. Mm-hmm. So on the campaign trail, people, people aren't really asking you about, or are they, are they asking you about like LNG and the Northwest Detention Center? And I, uh, you know, LNG's come up a couple times, not, not very many. Mm-hmm. Um, Northwest Detention Center, I haven't really heard, I mean, no one at the door has asked me that question mm-hmm. about that one specifically. Um, yeah. So, I mean, most, I think it's, you know, I tell people it's problems they can point to. Yeah. It's like right over there, like my road, my street, this. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the big ones that I hear quite a bit. Right. Okay. Um, so one of your, so kind of going to campaign contributions, uh, one of your biggest campaign contributors is the Rental Housing Association, mm-hmm. which is a lobbying group that represents landlords. Mm-hmm. How do you think that affiliation will play with progressive voters in the North End, especially with all the affordable housing issues we've seen in the last year and that you yourself have talked about? Yeah, I, you know, what I would say with that is that we need to partner with everyone on this process, right? We need more housing. We need more housing that's available. Um, and I don't think 
I'm tr- what I've told the Rental Housing Association is I don't see you as the enemy. I see you as a part of the process. And mm-hmm. I'd like to get you on board with what we're doing here in the city of Tacoma and have you helping us work with your members to get more housing available for people. And so that's kind of what I've been telling them is I look forward to kind of working with you. I mean, the goal is that more people have housing. The goal is that more people have stable housing like we talked about before. Um, and I'm interested in what kind of creative solutions we can get to kind of get to that, whether it's more dollars in like a mitigation fund, um, whether it's kind of first and last month's rents like supports or, you know, people miss payments. What options are out there to kind of help people miss payments? Is there a way we can create a fund that people can draw? on. Mm -hmm. So I've been kind of talking to them about just being a good partner with that and really helping people stay in their homes. Like what are solutions that can do that? Or do you think they're willing on that end to? I think so. Mm -hmm. I mean, in my conversation, I mean, they are very sensitive to kind of how they are perceived right now. (laughs) They are. And like you said, like they are not seen very popular or not very positively, right? In a positive light. So they're just looking for ways to kind of have their voice heard to be part of the process um, and be used and be partners. So that's kind of what I've been talking to them about. Yeah, um, I think what the state has done and what the city has done when it comes to housing are great. I mean, they've been really positive steps forward. We don't want people thro- pushed out of their homes with very little notice and there being absolutely nothing out there for them. Right. Um, and so I've told them very clearly, like, I really, I'm supportive of where the policies are right now, but I want you on board so we can get more of your your members to get housing available for people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so why? Oh, so you're running against, we haven't even mentioned your opponent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're running against Nate Lover. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I think, is a first-time candidate for mm-hmm. this position. Um why are you the best person for the job? You know, I think it goes back to just my kind of depth of experience and the, you know, the breadth of my experience. So, you know, I, I'm on the, I'm, I must uh, work for the school district. So I'm in, you know, I get to see kind of families, children work with teachers like all across the city. I'm on the library board. And so I have this depth of experience and kind of a, I think a really cool way that is the closest mimic of the city council. So the library board, we have a director, we oversee a budget, um, we follow all the open public media uh, meeting rules and laws and things like that. Good, so you know those. Yes, I do. <laughs> you know, um, and I think it's a best, anal- it's very similar to what the city council does, right? We make policy, we oversee a director, just like the city council makes policy and oversees a city manager. Mm-hmm. Um, we oversee a budget. Uh, you know, I was on the, I had the experience of going through recruiting an executive director and I've done, you know, her evaluation. So that's an experience I bring that'll be really easy for me to use as on the city council. I think my work on the YDBCA board and community groups uh, give me an idea of kind of just a lot of the issues that are facing the community. So I have a real kind of a broad understanding of what's out there. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think through my campaign, just being out and knocking on doors and talking to people, um, I'm showing that I'm going to be a good representative and a good conduit of kind of what their issues are and really making sure those are I'm being an advocate for that my district from the city council. So I think those are the big pieces I want to offer. And the issues we're facing in the city are really complex. Um, they're not simple. And so a skill that I have that I think is really good is I'm able to take really complex things and kind of break them down and really work people through the, the pieces of it. That's kind of why the back to the basics thing is my thing. And so that's another skill that I think I'll bring to the council. Okay. And um, so when you ran in 2015, you had endorsements from pretty much all the members of the city council at that time. Yeah. 
so I'm trying to think of like who's still there, who was there then. And I know you were endorsed by Catherine Ushka, who was at the time on the school board mm-hmm. and now she's on the council yeah. and Robert Toms, I believe. Yep. So do you still have some of those same endorsements? Robert Toms, Marilyn Strickland, Marty Campbell. Um, Marty Campbell endorsed you? Yeah. Both of us. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Yeah, he's dual endorsed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Come on, Marty. You got to decide. You know, you know, he's a nice guy. <laughs> he is a nice guy. Um He's on my board. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, those uh, and then, you know, some other ones that came through, you know, so some of the other ones in the past, you know, so Mike Crowley, Karen Vial, I mean, since she's before she passed, um, uh, different, the kind of elected leaders like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Catherine Ushka? No. No. All right. Had to ask. All right. Any closing thoughts or things you want to mention? No, I, you know, what I say in these situations, I say, you know, Tacoma's got big decisions in the next four years are going to impact the next four decades of the city. Um, and we need to elect people into these positions that can be real leaders and really work on bringing all sorts of people from across the community together to really shape that vision for the next four decades or else we'll just never be the city we believe is our destiny. All right. Um, yeah. And I think I'm that person. All right. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thank you, Candice. I appreciate it. If you'd like to reach out to us about anything you heard on the show today, or if you'd like to suggest a guest or a topic, please email me at candice.rude at gmail.com. That's Candice with an I, dot rude, R-U-U-D, at gmail.com. The Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Candice Rude, and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.